on the TV, on the radio, and even social media, everyone has become a debater. Hot heads, hot takes, and lots of hot air are now the norm. But only one can be the master debater. This is Master Debaters from News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And I'm Dennis Foley, and welcome to Master Debaters, the show where the best argument wins. Joining us this week, you can find all her unique takes on the latest news events in the Washington Post and WashingtonPost.com, Alexandra Petri. Hey, Alex. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. Our next debater can be heard bringing you all the up-to-the-minute sports headlines and occasionally some news headlines, too, on Fox News Headlines 24-7 on Sirius XM Channel 115, Matt Napolitano. Hey, Matt. Hey, Dennis. How you doing? Good. And our third debater covers the world of mixed martial arts every month on Combat Culture, Matt Ryan. Hi, other Matt. Hi, Dennis. And they will be presenting arguments in an effort to try to win over our judge, who this week is Road Warrior Lee. Hey, Lee, how you doing? I'm great. How are you? Uh, I guess pretty good. Now, Lee's job is to analyze and critique each response our contestants present to questions that I give them throughout the show. And along with asking the questions, I am the show's referee. So if there's something that I don't like or maybe merits a penalty, you will hear this whistle. So before we get started, let's give our contestants an opportunity to ask the judge a question to get to know him a little better. Let's start with Matt Napolitano. Hey, Matt, uh, any questions for Lee? Yeah, hey, Lee. Uh, question for you since we're in the holiday season right now. Just your overall thoughts on this time of year. Wow. Well, you know, um, all of my children are grown up and I have a grandchild, so I am, uh, I am excited about the holidays again. It's been a long time since I got to see a little, little kid open presents on Christmas morning. All right, Matt. I love that. Matt Ryan, you have a question for Judge Lee? So, Lee, uh, Dennis introduced you as a road warrior. Do is, Ale- is Dennis talking about specifically the Lord of the Wasteland humongous road warrior or the hawk and animal road warrior? And also, your grandchild, are you going to be influencing their sports team takes or are you going to let it come naturally? That sounds like more than one question, but I'm going to let it slide this time, Mr. Matt Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> well, I honestly don't know how to answer the road warrior question. Um, I am probably uh, the least Mad Max person ever to live. Absolutely not be influencing my grandson's sports ball interests. All right, and Alex, do you have a question for Judge Lee? What's your favorite part of the festive season? January 2nd. (laughs) Touche. Opening arguments on Master Debaters. It is opening arguments in this segment. I will give each combatant a question. That combatant answers that question, and our judge, Lee, will give them a score between 0 and 10 points. They'll have 30 seconds for their argument, and a buzzer will let them know when that time is up. So, Alex, uh, Apple's new AirPods Max. Over-the-ear wireless headphones cost $549. What makes them so special? Well, CNET's editor-at-large, Ian Schur, tells us. Among the things that they're doing with it, they're going to include active noise cancellation, transparency mode, which means it uses microphones pointed to the real world to actually pipe in sound so that if someone calls your name, for example, you can hear them. And it has spatial simulated surround sound. 
So imagine being in a movie theater, hearing stuff all around you. Apple's offering a similar simulated experience in their headphones. So Alex, it's a hundred, excuse me, 550 bucks, which is a great number, by the way, 550 KTSA. Too much money to spend for headphones, 30 seconds. I think it's an awful lot. To be fair, a lot of the things you were just describing sounded like functions of ears, just like the ability to hear when people are calling your name, the ability to hear sounds from various directions. Maybe the real thing is to just give yourself the gift of listening to what's around you, man. No, but also I think $500 is like a, a lot of money. But I also am a bad person to ask about sound whether they're good or bad. Uh, so maybe if you're into good sound, it's a worthwhile price. I have accepted no money for this endorsement. Lee, a score of zero to 10 for that pitch or argument, depending on how you want to look at that. 8.732. All right. Uh, parents have no one to thank or blame but themselves for this holiday season's toy shortage. While popular items like PlayStations and Xboxes are sold out almost everywhere, shopping experts say even nostalgic toys like puzzles, board games, and Rubik's Cubes are hard to find. Toy sales overall are up nearly 20% this year. It all started months ago when families were forced to stay inside and parents bought toys to keep kids occupied. That led to unexpected demand and delays for manufacturers. And now, new problems with shipping. The Port of Los Angeles facing backlogs because of the pandemic with fewer trucks and staffing levels, many workers need overtime to empty those cargo containers. Many cargo ships come from Asia, where they're also backlogged. Some ports reported delays up to three weeks. That's ABC's Andrea Fuji. Uh, Matt Napolitano, what do you suggest to parents who can't find that must-have gift this Christmas season? 30 seconds. Well, I think back to when I was a little kid and PlayStation 2 was the hot thing. Yeah, that's uh, I'm kind of aging myself now considering like PS5 is all the craze. That being said, I did not get it on Christmas Day. It ended up being something that somehow Santa forgot to drop down the chimney and decided to make a return trip back. And it appeared in my bedroom around, let's say, January 13th-ish. So I think if parents want to opt for that route and say, hey, looks like Santa forgot one. I think it's the best way to cover your tracks. But regardless, enjoy the holidays together, celebrate, and really appreciate the moment because this has been a rough year. So just have some nice, nice family time. Lee, score of 0 to 10 for that. Four. Oh. oh. <laughs> Next topic. The company that captions and subtitles events on TV and in courtrooms has charted the words mo we've stumbled on the most in 2020. Dr. Anthony Fauci is directing... The name of the country's top infectious disease doctor is among the most mispronounced words of the year. So is the National Park in California. When they gaze upon Yosemites, Yosemites... And then there were those guys from Canada who created a viral sensation when they mispronounced the name of an Italian master. We hear the twins from that meme. Who painted the Mona Lisa? Oh, Mona Lisa. Oh, yeah, yeah. The state of Nevada, not Nevada, also makes the U.S. captioning company's list. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. So, uh, Matt Ryan, in your opinion, what is the most mispronounced uh, word? 30 seconds. Uh, I would say a constitutional democracy, uh, because as we've seen over the past few weeks, that thing's been beaten like a pinata and mispronounced and misrepresented in so many ways that we don't know if up is down, left is right. Uh, we've got Fauci wrong. We've got people saying Yosemite uh, wrong and saying Yosemite. And this is the person that uh, 100 GOP people have said, eh, let's go with him. So I'm going to go with constitutional democracy, Dennis. I'm going to count down here by saying uh, Baba Booey, Baba Booey. Uh, Olive, get off of the couch. 
And Lee points zero to ten for that. Uh, seven and a half. All right. Well, coming up, complacency. We'll debate that and much more next on Master Debaters from KTSA. This is Master Debaters, the show where the best argument wins. It is. This week we have Alexandra Petri, Matt Napolitano, and Matt Ryan trying to compete and convince her judge, Lee, that their argument is the best argument. And if you want to be a judge on a future edition of Master Debaters, head over to our website, ktsa.com slash masterdebaters, and enter to be the next judge. So let's keep this debate going. For argument's sake. In this segment, I will be giving all three contestants the same question, and they will each take a turn presenting their argument on that topic. After they all take their 30 seconds to respond, our judge will then give them each anywhere from 0 to 10 points for their responses. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. It's Carol Baskin, and we are wishing you a happy holiday season. Deck the Halls with all the carols. Famous carols got together for a fundraising performance of Deck the Halls, led by Tiger King's Carol Baskin. Also caroling, musician Carol Decker, actress Carolyn Pickles were among the carols that were worked with music streaming service Deezer to raise money for their UK homeless charity Crisis. They said that since Christmas caroling is going to be harder due to the pandemic restrictions, they want to put out some heavy-duty Christmas spirits. So we're going to start with Alex. Will this help or hurt the charity? This carols are caroling to support. 30 seconds. See, this gets back to my fundamental belief that anytime you're doing an activity with celebrities to raise money, you should also have the option for people to pay money to your organization for them not to do the selected activity and just see. You can accept money from both piles, and that way you double your fundraising, and also you can prevent yourself from having to hear Carol Baskin do a singing, uh, which I, I just feel like they came about this from the wrong angle, and they should have given people the choice. Uh, I think it would have benefited everyone, and then, you know, no tigers. Matt Napolitano, 30 seconds. I didn't even know who those last two people were. Never heard those names in my life. And I used to actually work for TMZ, so I feel like I have a good grip on entertainment for the most part. Um, that being said, I just don't understand any premise to these celebrity sing-along things. It doesn't attract in any way. If anything, it gets more made fun of than it actually does to support a cause. I think back to the beginning of the pandemic when you had all those celebrities singing Imagine and it became an absolute total mess and a nightmare. And I'll just wrap this up by saying Carol Baskin murdered her first husband. Thank you very much. And Matt Ryan, 30 seconds. I have to agree, Carol uh, Baskin killed her husband, whacked him, as the internet liked to say. Uh, I would like a completely different list of Carols. Maybe Carol O'Connor, Carol Kane, Carol King, the late owner of the Baltimore Colts, Carol Rosenblum. I feel like we're really missing a lot of lanes when it comes to Carols. E. Jean Carroll, the famous writer. Why not just allow everybody named Carol to show up in Central Park on a Tuesday and just yell? I think that would be a better option. And it might, you know, raise a little money past the hat around. <laughs> so, Lee, what scores you want to give out? Zero to ten for all three of our contestants. You want a total or individual? Individual. <laughs> Alex got eight, and both Matts got a ten. All right. Next topic, Tesla and SpaceX already have a strong presence here in Texas, and now 
So does the founder of those companies. Elon Musk has told the Wall Street Journal that he's relocated his personal home from California to Texas. The 49-year-old billionaire has had high-profile clashes with the Golden State, most recently over COVID restrictions on his businesses. He did not tell the journal specifically where his new home is, but it's presumed to be in Austin, where Tesla is building a new factory. He would join fellow tech titan Michael Dell and Tito Vodka tycoon Burt Beveridge as billionaires living in Texas' capital city. Jim Ryan, ABC News, Dallas. And in his comments to the Wall Street Journal, Musk said California has become complacent in thinking people like him are just going to accept living in the Golden State for what it is and never leave. So uh, we're going to start with Matt, uh, Matt Napolitano. Do you think places like California or even the self-termed greatest city in the world, New York, have become complacent in their attempts to be attractive places to live? 30 seconds. I think that places like New York and California are definitely in for a rude awakening. We've seen a lot of people get ready to up and leave. I mean, even at the start of this pandemic, a lot of people just packed it in, headed back home from wherever they were coming from, who when they moved out to California or to New York, they're going to have a rude awakening on their hands because, yes, they've already talked about taxes going up in New York. There's already been talk about more taxes in California. There's still a lot of COVID restrictions, another lockdown in California. People are going to want out and you're going to see people start making their way to places like Texas and Florida, where there's no state income tax, where the restrictions are a little bit more loosened. And there's definitely a better way of life in their eyes. Matt Ryan, 30 seconds. Hi, as the only native New Yorker from Brooklyn, New York on the line here, I'm going to say that, in my opinion, uh, you're missing out on New York. You know, we we had a president tell us to drop dead. We're not complacent. We're always planning. The Bronx was actually burning. California can go the way of Arizona Bay and we'll all go hooray when it goes splash. Austin, Texas is going to be like Los Angeles in five years. I really don't see the upside to that aside from the brisket. Oh, dear sweet Jesus. And Alex, 30 seconds. Look, as someone who loves Austin and, and used to go there every year to compete in a pun contest, I just feel like the big, the big reason that people are leaving places is not because they're in California or they're in New York, but because their city is full stop. And in a city, all the things that used to be fun that you could do are over now or are dubious to be doing in the first place. You can't go to a Broadway show in New York. You can't even eat in a restaurant responsibly. Uh, and so I feel like people are just like, let's go somewhere where I can have green areas and a horse. So I'm sort of confused what Elon thinks he's doing by just moving to another city. But now before... Now, before I go to Lee, I want to know more about this pun contest that you took part in in Austin. Same. <laughs> oh, it's oh, Henry pun off, and it is annual, and lots of people compete in it. And it's, yeah, if you want to see people making puns for a solid six hours, uh, you can, uh, and many choose to. I actually judged it this year, and it was virtual, so uh, it's, it's, a, it's a wild ride for sure. And that's in Austin, Texas. So, uh, Lee, what scores do you want to give out? Okay. Zero to ten. Well, Matt Napolitano got an eight. The other Matt got a seven. And I was going to give Alex a five. But then with that little bonus thing about the puns, that's bumping it up to a six. All right. Next topic. A Texas lawmaker plans to file a bill calling for a referendum on a possible... Texas. State Representative Kyle Biederman claims the federal government is out of control and does not represent the values of Texas. So he plans to file a bill calling for a referendum that would allow you to vote on whether Texas should secede from the United States. The state lawmaker from the Hill Country said Texans should vote for the Lone Star State to reassert its status as an independent nation. No word on when Biederman plans to file the Texas Independence Referendum Act. Elizabeth Ruiz, KTSA News. So we're to start with Matt Ryan. Uh, should Texas call it 
deuces and text it 30 seconds it sounds like this guy's trying to make a run for governor when abbott's out of office in a few years uh i feel like we hear about a state trying to secede or a city trying to secede every three to five months at this point especially during the height of this pandemic uh i don't think texas should make an exit i do believe that every state in the united states of america is in is entangled in one another we're entangled like august and jada so we really need to have a better understanding of economics before you decide to go say deuces and now i have to get a passport to go get first alex 30 seconds yeah, I feel like this is old hat for Texas. Texas has been a republic before. It's seceded before. I feel like if you didn't take the hit last time when you seceded and realize, hey, this didn't help anyone out. This was a bad idea. And history has not looked favorably on it. Like, you know, maybe you deserve to secede again. Because I feel like if you didn't take the message from the Civil War, like, oh, we clearly lost and this was a terrible idea. And a lot of people have not taken that message. Then maybe those that don't learn, as my grandma used to say, must feel. So go for it. I mean, I'll bring my brisket passport. And Matt Napolitano, 30 seconds. Yeah, it's, I feel like we hear it every time, like, oh, a state's going to succeed. There's a petition for California to go, for Texas to go, for New York to go, for Long Island to leave New York, for Staten Island to leave New York. You know what? At this point, let it happen. I think at this point it is basically the equivalent of when a kid says, I'm running away from home, packs up a couple of toys, and decides to make their way to the end of the block. That's all that's ever going to happen with this. No state's going to come to fruition on secession. We are not in anywhere near where we were at the time of the Civil War. It's not going to deviate into two different countries. Get over it. I don't know you don't like the way things are certainly going, but just get over yourself. And before I go to leave for scores, a couple corrections. First, uh, Matt Ryan. Abbott can run for re-election again, so his term's not necessarily up. And I was just speaking in the long term, and not, uh, not, not immediate. Alex, um... Texas has actually seceded two or three times uh, from Mexico and from the United States. So uh, they have a bit of a track record with that. But Lee, what scores do you want to give over those arguments? Zero to ten. Uh, I'm going to give Matt Napolitano a ten and Alex and Matt Ryan each get four. All right. Next topic. A new report from Axios charts the access that one Chinese spy got to prominent U.S. politicians. The alleged spy even had intimate relationships with a couple of Midwestern mayors. Her name, Christine Fong. And according to an Axios investigation, a suspected Chinese intelligence operative who targeted up-and-coming politicians from 2011 to 2015. It began years ago, it is alleged, through charm and campaign fundraising. That's ABC's Martha Raddatz. We're going to start with Alex. What are some uh, warning signs that a potential love interest may actually be a foreign spy? 30 seconds. I think anytime they start by saying so, like, do you know any other mayors who might have interesting national security information? Like, that's, that's a big lead right there, especially if they say all those words directly. If you only bump into them at, fun, at events where you see national mayor conclaves, that's a big sign. Um, you know, if they have a dapper demeanor and seem to be constantly uh, running around detonating things. That's another third sign. I thought I was going with three. Matt Napolitano, 30 seconds. Hey, y'all remember when Eric Swalwell ran for president? Wasn't that a fun two weeks? 
That being said, I don't know, understand the process that goes into looking into these internships in Washington and the fact that people don't catch on to where you are meeting these people, what the conversations are having, as Alex mentioned. It really makes no sense to me how this goes under the radar completely. And now all of a sudden it pops up and it's like, oh, well, I guess I got fooled. This isn't punk. These are people that are coming on to national security secrets, things that are going on within the inner workings of our government. In the words of Cisco, is fong, 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 fong. And uh, Matt Ryan, uh, what are some warning signs that a potential love interest may be a foreign spy? 30 seconds. If she's talking into her watch, she might be a Chinese agent. If she's got something that makes clicking noises in the middle of the night, she might be a Chinese agent. If she actually likes the TV show The Americans and has points of reference to it, she might be a Chinese agent. So, yeah. You just may want to watch out for those things. And also, if she has an unorthodox amount of just those little cassette tapes, then she's a Chinese agent. (laughs) So, Lee, uh, scores of 0 to 10 for all of them, for each of them, I should say. Well, Alex got a 5. Matt Napolitano, he had a 9. And and really, only because of the fong, 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 fong. (laughs) Matt Ryan, 10. Next topic, a case of do as I say, not as I do here in Texas, where a politician has been caught behaving badly amid the pandemic. As COVID-19 cases rise across the country, Austin Mayor Steve Adler has urged residents not to travel. Stay home if you can. Do everything you can to try to to keep the numbers down. This is not the time to, to relax. Turns out he sent that message, not from home, but while vacationing with his family in Cabo San Lucas. Well, this all happened last month. The trip was only learned about earlier this week. The mayor issued this apology Wednesday. I regret that travel. Online, the mayor met with anger and mockery. That's ABC's TJ Holmes. And of course, there are other cases like it. We're going to start with uh, Matt Napolitano. Uh, how prevalent or pervasive do you think the do as I say, not as I do is in politics across the country? 30 seconds. Now, more than ever, rules for thee, not for me, is applying everywhere we look. We saw it happen with the mayor of Denver telling people not to travel for Thanksgiving. He went to Houston for the holidays. You talk about Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, talking about indoor dining and the dangers there, and then having a hosting a get-together of like 25 different people from the medical community inside without masks at the French Laundry. The hypocrisy is reaching a rampant level like we've never seen before. And these are politicians that come time for their elections need to be called to the carpet and need to be taken out of office as soon as possible. Matt Ryan, 30 seconds. All right. So uh, first thing, they're politicians. So already they're a little fugazi. Part two, uh, they're human beings. Throw any idea of common sense out the window. Uh, Third thing, there's a pandemic on. People are stupid. The mayor of Austin decided to pull a diamond Joe Quimby and got caught. Uh, did he cause hospitals to be shut down? Did he not send PPE to people? Did he not? Did he turn down 100 million vaccines? No. So in the grand scheme of things, very stupid, but not, you know, murdery. And Alex, 30 seconds. Yeah, I agree with that last point that in the grand scheme of things, it's very stupid, but there are worse things to do. That being said, I feel like there is an epidemic within the larger epidemic of people sitting there saying, 
I'm you do socially distancing, but you pan out from their Instagram posts and what looks like them standing in the middle of a field, they're actually surrounded by 800 of their relatives who they've assembled in an enclosed room, but they've described it as like a socially distanced Thanksgiving. I feel like those words are being made to do a lot of work and heavy lifting these days. And uh, people think that if they preface their event with that phrase, they can get away with almost anything. Lee scored zero to 10. I'm going to say six for Alex and six for Matt Ryan and 8.3 for Matt Napolitano. All right. Next topic, getting that, uh, get that sleeping bag ready. If you want to spend a night in a huge toy store, one lucky family of four will get to spend a night inside the ultimate kids playland. FAO Schwartz in New York city. It means you can dance on the giant piano from the movie Big or grab that huge teddy bear to curl up next to. And it's all for 25 bucks for the night as it teams up with Airbnb for the online lottery launching next Tuesday. The sleepover is only for Monday, December 21st. And in case you win but have to cancel due to COVID-19, FAO Schwarz will give you a $1,000 coupon. Matt Piper, CBS News, New York. So Matt Ryan... The best sleepover possible. What is the best possible sleepover? 30 seconds. Well, it's certainly not at FAO Schwartz because I know people who would stomp on that piano all night and there would just be a sea of blood in there. But uh, for me, it would be City Field. It would be any large or historic baseball stadium. Spending the night under the stars in Wrigley Field or Fenway would probably be a dream scenario for me. If not, you know what? The White House lawn. It seems like the safest place in the world. It's got some great skies. And if not, the chef's always there. And then and my second answer would be uh, 125th in Amsterdam. Alex, 30 seconds, best possible sleepover. Oh, this was an easy one. I feel like you got to go the Claudia Kincaid route, and you got to get yourself locked into the museum overnight. Uh, and it's been a night really at any museum. I mean, her museum of choice uh, was, the I think, the MoMA. But you, you can't go wrong. Any museum especially one where they come to life at night, uh, can't beat it, get to see a mummy, get to sleep in a fountain, get to eat handfuls of coins, uh, get to go to the gift shop and spend the right amount of time in the gift shop. You don't have to rush through it because your family is like, we can't live in this gift shop. What's going on here? Yeah, not a museum. Matt Napolitano, 30 seconds. I'm going to take a, p- a page from the Matt Ryan playbook here. He brought up like wanting to do a sleepover at a historic ballpark. I would love to do that, like somewhere like Wrigley Field or Fenway Park. Just chill out, have the Jumbotron just turn into my television for the night and just be watching like reruns of Rick and Morty while I'm just chilling over on second base. I think that'd be pretty fun. The White House lawn, not a bad idea either. I just don't understand the idea, though, wanting to sleep over at FAO Schwartz, especially people are shopping in there during the day and you don't know about cleanliness, especially during this climate. And the piano is just going to aggravate you. All the other stuff and the bells and whistles will just be driving you nuts all night. You're not really going to be sleeping. Lee, scores of 0 to 10. Uh, a 3 for each Matt and 9.7 for Alex. Okay, well, coming up, our debaters have been waiting all week to tell the world something that's been on their mind. We're going to hear what that is and what the competitors think about it next on Master Debaters from KTSA. This is Master Debaters from 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And I'm Dennis Foley. Joining us this week is Alexandra Petri, Matt Napolitano, and Matt Ryan, who are all working to coerce our Judge Lee to give them more points than their fellow competitors. So let's keep this debate going. State your case. 
on Master Debaters. So our competitors before the show came in with a topic they wanted to debate. They each get 90 seconds to debate their topic. The other competitors may choose to challenge the argument. Enter challenges will be noted by this bell. After the original presenter gives their 90-second spiel, the, each challenger will get their own 45 seconds if they wish, capped off by a 45-second rebuttal by the original presenter. Now, if the debaters change the topic from what they had originally submitted, I will be assessing an automatic five-point penalty. There are also more points at stake now. Our judge can now give up to 20 points at the end of each topic or can take away up to 20 points from everyone, whether they challenge or choose to stay quiet. Our points leader right now is Matt Napolitano, so you get to start with your 90-second argument. Okay, great. Well, of course, we are in the holiday season, and that means plenty of Christmas movies on television or available via streaming. Now, I've got my personal favorites. Christmas Vacation is a mainstay in my household around this time of year. We watch it every Christmas Eve. And of course, Elf is another one of my absolute favorites. Now, there's two in my mind that I can say I honestly feel are very overrated films, and I know I'm probably going to get a lot of flack for this. The first one being A Christmas Story. Now, originally, I loved this movie. Then TNT and TBS decided to play it 24 hours in a loop. There is nothing more exhausting than having to sit through that movie in a loop and seeing it over and over and over again. And frankly, it just gets tiresome. The plot just gets old, and I'm so freaking over it. Uh, and on top of that, it's a wonderful life. Terrible, terrible, terrible film. I will never understand how anybody likes that movie it to me is just pointless. It is garbage. It is bad acting. It is a bad story. The world was better off without George Bailey. We did not need him in that moment. And now we don't even more than ever because they're doing some table reading. Pete Davidson's playing George Bailey. So the Lord knows no one wants it to move on. But it is one of the worst films I've ever seen. For some reason, it just gets all this holiday love year in and year out. I'm sorry. It's not that great. Terrence, Terrence, I want to live again. No, we, nobody wants you to live. You're done. Get out of here, please. Bye-bye. End of that. Again, Christmas Vacation, my absolute love. Best Christmas film of all time. Matt Ryan, 45-second challenge. Unlike suicide advocate Matt Napolitano here, I don't want George <laughs> Bailey to die. I want George Bailey to live. Uh, the made-for-TV remake starring Marlo Thomas, that can go away. My roommate Stephanie Sotilli, at Steph Sotilli on Twitter, is doing a countdown and watched that movie the other day. Uh, and it is a depressing movie. But I want to ask, uh, Matt's only seen five movies, it seems, and three of them are Christmas Vacation, uh, when he says that It's a Wonderful Life is one of the worst movies ever made. And also, uh, Matt, during the holiday season, are you just handcuffed? like Alex in a clockwork orange to where the only thing you can watch is Turner network television or the Turner broadcast system. Because if so, that's, do you need help? Do you need me to come over? Do you need me to break you open? Because you, you really have some really wonderful fallacies there in terms of a Christmas story. It's a wonderful movie. Gene Shepard is a legend. How dare you? Alex, 45 second challenge. I agree. I was with you on a Christmas story. I know I, my family are from Indiana and Hoosiers are very proud of it because it's one of the Hoosier things. And they have a whole exhibit where you can dress up in like the pink bunny outfit. But I, I think you, you saying that the plot got tiresome, that's an exaggeration, which implies that the movie has a plot of any kind. I'm fully with you there, but it's a wonderful life. And as I say, you want George Bailey to die? George Bailey is maybe not the best man to be handling money. I will give you that. But he seems to have a wonderful community around him. He shouldn't be giving Uncle Billy so many responsibilities. Uncle Billy's the villain of that movie and that I am made aware of every year as I watch it with George. And I think just because 
he's not ideal in all regards doesn't mean that he deserves death. None of us deserves death. And that's the Christmas movie. Matt Napolitano, hey! your 45-second rebuttal. I don't have your money. It's a Fred's house, a Bell's house. No, I'm sorry. I just never understood the love of that film. By the way, I do have a remote control, and I am not handcuffed to any part of my household. So don't worry. I'm not watching Christmas movies around the clock. I am able to change the channel and go through various streaming platforms. So, Matt, we're good on that front. I'm glad to see that Alex agrees with me on the uh, Christmas story front. But I'm sorry, for me, It's a Wonderful Life just does not cut it for me as a film overall. I just am not here for it. I do, of course, love the classic line at the end. Every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. That's a very lovely sentiment. But at the same time, we need a lot more of our better angels in society more than ever. And one of our better angels is not the creators of that, of that film. Frankly, I don't see the love for it. I don't understand it. I'll never get it. So don't try and sway me on this. Before I go to Lee... I want to give a very, very soft golf clap to Matt Ryan for not only plug, he didn't plug himself. He plugged his roommate's social media information in the show. <laughs> Keys Arnie, baby. Keys Arnie till the day I die. So, uh, Lee, points for each of them from positive 20 to <clears throat> negative 20 for those arguments. Oh. Well, uh, I'm going to go ahead and give 10 points to Alex and 10 points to Matt Ryan. Uh, I'm going to give negative 19 points to Matt Napolitano for that brutal, unprovoked attack on It's a Wonderful Life. The only reason it's not a negative 20 is that's a pretty good Jimmy Stewart impression. That's a good Jimmy Stewart. I'll give him that. Thank you. And I will say, you're getting into the ballpark of bonus point territory. So just a warning out there. I knew I was doomed with that one. I knew I was doomed with that argument. Oh, warning out there. Matt Ryan, your 90-second argument starts now. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the year 2020, and we need entertainment now more than ever. We need a reason to sit down and have communal moments, whether they be on Zoom, whether they be on Facebook Messenger, whatever corporate conglomerate you like to feed your data to. And that is why I am for the Floyd Mayweather-Logan Paul fight coming up in February. Because, you know, George Carlin had a great point about public executions, and I feel like this is the time, this is the place for us to finally have that. And if you're going to make the argument that the purity of boxing, I work in mixed martial arts. 27 years ago, I was having a conversation with a cab driver about this the other day, about UFC 1. Where is the Wild West? There were no rules. First fight, dude gets his teeth kicked out of his face. A few UFCs later, Joe San continues to punch someone in the crotch until the fight is called. Now we have the unified rules of MMA. So you know what? Logan Paul's going to make a ton of money. Floyd Mayweather's going to get out of whatever gambling hole he got on triple division golf. So you know what? Good on him. And after watching the Mike Tyson-Roy Jones Jr. fight, I want more freak fights. I want more things like what uh, Barstool is doing where it's just a bunch of hillbillies in a ring. I'm a professional wrestling promoter for the love of God, and I want more freak fights. Let's bring out Battle of the Tough Guys. Zeus, Tiny Lifter died today. Let's get Battle of the Tough Guys back. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt Napolitano, your 45 second challenge. Well, for me, I don't want anything coming onto our radar that gives Floyd Mayweather or Logan Paul or Jake Paul the time of day. Paul brothers are two of the most grotesque human beings on social media right now. They're overrated trolls that have zero talent, and all they do is invoke controversy 
and it's pathetic controversy at that. These are two people that don't even deserve to be known to society and be a part of the zeitgeist. As for Floyd Mayweather, it's amazing how easily so many people forget his past and how that's all swept under the rug in just regards to the fact that he is one of the greater fighters. Yes, I will never take away his boxing prowess, but I'm sorry, there is no reason to give that man any time of day considering what he has done to women, what he has done to his children, and the way that he has just mistreated his finances for decades now. Alex, 45-second challenge. I would like to concur in that opinion about these overrated humans, and I'm going to spend the rest of my time talking about what we should be watching instead, namely sumo wrestling. It's a wonderful, beautiful sport. We have about six tournaments a year. It's the one thing that's gotten me through this pandemic is becoming obsessed with it. And the next tournament, the guy who's in the current second highest rank could reach the highest rank if he wins the whole thing. It's incredible. And each bout is under 30 seconds long unless it, something goes really long. So it's great if you have a low attention span. It's a great way to bring you together you get to learn about another culture i can't speak highly enough about sumo i urge everyone to check it out and uh watch it in the comfort and safety of their own home sumo wrestling i love that and matt ryan 45 second rebuttal as someone who covered the world of sumo wrestling, I know of the true soft, dirty underbelly of the world of sumo wrestling. So when you want to talk about Floyd Mayweather, there's a long laundry list of sumo wrestlers who are in a similar situation. And I'm not advocating for Floyd Mayweather. I'm not advocating for the Paul brothers. I am advocating for these garbage people to punch each other about the face and body for my personal enjoyment. It would be cathartic after the year we've had where we've had to put loved ones in the ground to watch the rich fight for our amusement instead of the other way around. I feel like it's the socialism that is needed in a time like now. I just want to see someone get punched in the face, mainly a YouTube star. We're talking about giving these people platforms. They have them already. So let's use them to our advantage, them getting CTE. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Lee, uh, points, uh, positive 20 to negative 20 for those arguments. Wow, boy, that was quite the roller coaster ride. I need to take a break. Um, <laughs> so for Alex, 19.568 for using the word sumo. And interestingly enough, Matt Ryan started off with five but skyrocketed to 18.5 when he started suggesting that wealthy people start punching each other for my amusement. And oh, for Matt Napolitano, 19.7 for using the word zeitgeist. All right. Alex, grab a word. Your turn for your 90-second argument. All right. Gather around, everyone, because I've got a holiday problem. Namely, we're trapped in a hell of our own creation with regard to holiday music. We've been listening to the same songs that they listened to in the 1950s since the 1950s. There have been a paltry two or three additions to the Christmas song canon. I can count them on one hand, barely. It's like Mariah Carey, George Michael. It, it's a number of additions that is small and pathetic. But every year, people keep trying to put out new Christmas music. And frankly, I think they should stop. This is a losing battle. I don't want Katy Perry singing a new Christmas song. I want Ke Kelly Clarkson putting her best efforts. I want everyone doing it where it will be appreciated, which is Halloween music. There isn't enough Halloween music. There's already too much Christmas music. You gotta have more Halloween songs. I, ju I just think Halloween is a novelty holiday and it could be really improved if everybody would put out a concept album, like a Prince style, just like really lean into that. 
make the music we deserve as a culture so we don't have to listen to Monster Mash. Literally once I took somebody in a car ride, I said, let's listen to Halloween music. And she was trapped in a car for an hour and a half as we listened to Monster Mash over and over again. It was a nightmarish, monstrous thing to do and I regret it to this day. And that's because artists are not putting Halloween music out there. Instead, they're making Christmas albums, which they should stop doing and they should convert their efforts to where they'll be wanted. And that's what I think is true. Especially Justin Bieber. Matt Ryan, 45 second challenge. Thank you, Dennis. Uh, first of all, you owe Jose Feliciano and John Lennon apologies. Also for us, New Yorkers, Dominic the Christmas Donkey is a classic. It is a banger. None, No one should take that away. Uh, I feel like bad holiday music or repetitive holiday music to where you play the songs from thank, from before, from Halloween to St. Swiven's Day is a punishment for us enjoying the holiday season. We're giving the, We're giving gifts to other people. We must atone for that. I am an Irish Catholic person. I come from a world of guilt and pain and suffering and punishment. And that is why we have to listen to White Christmas until our ears bleed. And also on another point, Holiday Inn is better than White Christmas. I will make that argument until the day I die, even though both of them are good Christmas movies. Uh, Matt Napolitano, 45-second challenge. I will absolutely agree that it is just overblown every year. The fact that it's November 1st and then all of a sudden the Christmas music starts playing and it's the same 30, 40 songs in rotation, all done by various different artists and this arrangement. And quite frankly, it just it becomes so tiresome by the end of everything. We do need to throw some other holidays, some music. You know, we need some Easter songs. We need some Halloween songs. Think about Halloween. You got Monster Mash, which, by the way, Alex, I feel like you should serve time for having had your friends suffer through that. That's got to violate the Geneva Convention in some capacity. It's really Monster Mash and Thriller. Uh, beyond that, I think that you definitely need to mix it up a little bit and just not have a radio station do round-the-clock Christmas music. Throw in some of you know what people are actually listening in for and maybe just stick to your genre and not just the same rip-off of War is Over 10 times in a row. Alex, 45-second rebuttal. I'd first like to say that I appreciate the love for Dominic the Donkey. It's one of the top two Christmas songs ever made. And I think <laughs> with a take like that, you should be uh, on my side in this argument because I think fundamentally it gets down to Mariah Carey. People heard All I Want for Christmas You. They thought it is possible to make a new Christmas song, one that we haven't heard over and over again, and one that doesn't involve the choir of children going, war is over, ah, which is literally what the lyric is in John Lennon's uh, dubious classic. Although I do like it better than Paul McCartney's dubious classic. Anyway, the point is people keep trying and they should divert their efforts where they'll be wanted. That's all I'm saying. And I agree about the Geneva Convention. And I, I, I you know, very sorry about violating the Geneva Convention in the immortal words of so many people. We'll say Christmas shoes ties for a bad holiday song. Christmas shoes is one of the worst. Oh, Christmas oh God, shoes yeah. should be banned. And Alex doesn't know that uh, this, this whole show is just basically an arrest warrant trying to you know, <laughs> capture her when, when she's done. Uh, Lee, uh, scores. Is wearing a wire. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm the Chinese spy, right? <laughs> uh, Lee scores uh, negative 20 to 20. In ascending order, Alex, negative five for suggesting Halloween music. Uh, Matt Ryan, plus five, just for saying Jose Felicidad. And uh, the other Matt, who's rapidly becoming the Matt I like, plus 12, just because it was a great argument. 
All right, well, who's going to win? Well, it comes down to one final fight. It's coming up next, right here on Master Debaters from KTSA. From 550 KTSA and FM 1071, this is Master Debaters, the show where the best argument wins. Yeah, that argument, it ends right here, right now. It's a battle this week between Alexander Petri, Matt Napolitano, and Matt Ryan to convince our Judge Lee that their argument is the best argument. But it comes down to one final fight. Closing arguments on Master Debaters. So this is where it all gets decided. It's a five-minute melee. I give our contestants a topic, and all three of them will hash it out for five whole minutes. No more, no less. A complete five-minute fight. At the sound of the final buzzer, our judge will give each combatant up to 100 points or can take away up to 100 points. The person with the fewest points will get a 15-second head start. Everyone else can join in after the bell they hear has rung. Right now, the contestant with the fewest points is Matt Napolitano. So the topic, Christmas is upon us. So, well, what's your favorite part of Christmas? Five minutes starts now. Matt Napolitano with a 15-second head start. Oh, it's a shame because, honestly, my favorite part of Christmas is the part that we're really not supposed to be taking part in this year, and that's the large gatherings of family getting together. I come from a ginormous Italian family. My mom is one of eight children. There are 30 grandchildren on my mom's side alone. So when you pack everybody in who's got kids, who's got a boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, it is just one massive gathering, and yes, it's very loud, but there's plenty of food, and there's plenty of laughs, and the drinks are flowing. It's going to be weird not having that this year, but the best part is it's going to make me really appreciate it next year when it can hopefully, by all means, I'm hoping, return into our society that we can all get together and really enjoy the holidays and spend them together. Well, I'm, I'm going to jump in here coming from a small shanty trash Irish family. Uh, for me, it was never really about the get-togethers because my family, we wouldn't get together specifically on Christmas. It sometimes would be after Christmas or even after the New Year. For me, it was the satisfaction of getting someone the perfect gift or making sure I made someone's holiday important and special. That's the most important thing for me because you can have you could be surrounded by dozens and dozens of people, but to know that you made one person's holiday, to they to you made that day special, that you found the right thing, you did the right thing, you spent the right amount of money, you kept the economy going. That's what we're talking about here, people. We're talking about money. But I'm I'm kidding. But seriously, like being able to ensure that you made someone's holiday bright this year has been terrible and i've been trying my best to ensure that those in my life who i'm able to get gifts for i get the right thing i get something that means something to them uh, a little joke or something that they are passionate about and ensuring that uh i'm making someone's holiday bright and i'm actually doing that myself by raising money for no kid hungry uh, and also for toys for tots by selling a charity t-shirt at tinyurl.com slash MMA Xmas 2020. Uh, for $20, you buy a shirt and all the profits go there. <laughs> well, well, now that you got your URL in, I feel like <laughs> my favorite part of Christmas is definitely the holiday URLs and the opportunities for cross-promotion. Uh, but the second only to that is family. I, I do like the gathering with family aspect. I am going to miss that. But I have to say, I disagree with you on the gifts thing. I'm not fluent in gift. It's uh, of the love languages. I don't read it. I don't speak it. I can't communicate in it. 
people come and give me gifts and I don't understand what they're trying to say by them. Is, is it love? Is it hostility? I don't know. Every year for the past several years for Christmas, I've gotten my grandmother after panicking and rushing out to a store and trying to think, what is it that she wants? How can I show my love for this wonderful woman? And I come back defeated hours later with a bottle of vodka and some scratch tickets. I give it every year. Now it's like our thing that I do because I am terrible at gifts. I suddenly forget every fact that I've ever known about any family member or any cherished person, what they're into, what size they are. And I, I give them like spoons and pieces of graph paper. It, I, it, I'm useless. It's horrible. So I won't miss that, that aspect of it because I'm just going to give everyone like Amazon gift cards. Although Jeff Bezos, the founder and CEO of Amazon, owns the Washington Post. <laughs> Your grandma sounds like my kind of gal, I have to say. Yeah, Vodka and scratchers, like that's just like Tinder? right in my wheelhouse. <laughs> <laughs> I should, yeah, no, she, I mean, she calls lunch beer and wine time. She's a fun lady. Oh my God, that is fantastic. Yet again, I, is she on Tinder? Okay, Cupid. Like, what do I have to do? What's her snap? Let's go here, people. Come on, come on. I'm plenty of fish. It's the messenger still, I think. She's like the one person. She's still got the AOL email address still going strong. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Uh, what's her Addy and ASL, please? What I'd like to know, Matt, is why like you were talking about the economy, and all of a sudden you turned into like Regis Philbin screaming about the economy there for a second. Uh, well, primarily, you know, as a, as a democratic socialist by trade, every time I say the economy, uh, I need to say it loud because if you don't say it out, if you don't say the loud part loud, uh, then I, you're doing it wrong. I was like waiting for your shot, like, Gelman, what's going on? It was like, it was just like going off the rails there for a sec. Well, you know, it's, it's a thing now. Everybody who was born in the five boroughs after Regis kicked it has to go at least one Regis a day. Uh, it was kind of a thing. Uh, de Blasio backdoored it, uh, with the last COVID, uh, breakdown, but for for me, Alexandra, if you if you're terrible at gift giving, you can hire me, uh, and I will find the thing that your grandma loves the most, which seems to be lottery tickets and vodka, and try to curate something like you know a scratch ticket bouquet, or maybe you know just a gigantic a ticket. Yeah, yeah, you know just something a, a scratch ticket a month. See how long that goes. You know, there, there's always opportunities to grow because in my family it was about competition. It was about who got the best gift, who gave the best gift. And, and, and I'm trying to stray away from that. I'm just trying to be nice to people. That's a hard thing to do in this day and age. All right. So, Lee, what points you want to give out for those arguments? You can give up to 100 points to each of them, or you can take away up to 100 points from each of them. Well, I have to say that was a great rehearsal. I can't wait to get started. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give Mr. Napolitano 73 points. I'm going to give Mr. Ryan 48 points. Oof. And I'm going to give Alex 94 points. Okay. I got jobbed out for being nice. Welcome to America. So while I'm doing the math here oh, yeah. to determine our winner, why don't you guys... Uh, do some impressions, maybe like 19th century politicians. You know, see see what you can come up with while I do the math here. Mankind shall not be crucified upon a cross of gold. Hi, I'm John Quincy Adams. You might know me from the movie Amistad. I'm here today to talk to you about mutual life insurance. Why? I don't know. I'm John Quincy Adams. I'm a ghost. I just wanted to be here and go, but I was given this script and a bag of money, which was weird because I'm a ghost. And Matt Napolitano. Hey, Jefferson, that Louisiana purchase. So. Uh, Lee, any 
<laughs> was a New York politician. Worth, worth any Andrew points? Andrew Dice Johnson? Yes, Andrew Dice Johnson. <laughs> oh, pop, it's mine, and I'm talking about Louisiana. Ow! Aaron Barada. Aaron Barada. Were, were those worth any extra points, Lee? <laughs> yeah. Uh, who, who, who threw out the cross of gold? <laughs> oh, that was Brian, man. You got to represent. That was worth 20, 24 points. <sighs> Wait, Gilded Age references get points on their show now? What the? Oh, man. <laughs> Calling my agent. I would have referenced the, the Scopes the Monkey Trial. Yeah. Like, the political speech of all time. Don't you dare. All right. So uh, let's see who our winner is. So uh, in, uh, uh, yeah, so after a lot of chitter chatter about stuff going on in the past week or two, whatever, and across the country, blah, 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 it's time to come up uh, to name, to, to got to the point where we name the winner, the master debater. So in third place, with 129 points, Matt Ryan. Ugh. In second place, with 138 points, Matt Napolitano, <laughs> which means our winner this week with 190 points. Alexandra Petri, you are this week's master debater. You get 60 seconds to celebrate. That starts now. Go, celebrate. Wow, that, that seems like too many points. I think we should go back to doing impressions of 19th century politicians. I feel like that's really where we were hitting our stride. Yeah. I feel like I've been rewarded for not having a Jimmy Stewart impression, um, which I think <laughs> is probably good, you know? That's, not everyone can have one, but yeah. But you could have a William Jennings Bryan. William Jennings Bryan. Yeah, William Randolph Hearst. You gotta get, there's gonna be like 10 seconds of radio silence and that'll be my Teddy Roosevelt impression because I'm speaking so softly and carrying <laughs> such a large stick. I'm completely inaudible. Um, but I'm Clay. I may never have been your president, but I tried a lot of times. And I'd like you to try a product, uh, the product that was mentioned earlier with the URL that had to do with your roommate, but also with the wrestling. I, I have a very clear handle on what everyone is doing and promoting. That's what we can take away from this. Be sure to tune into James Buchanan this season on The Bachelor. Yes. <laughs> well, that is it. A big thank you to our three contestants, Alexandra Petri, who can be read all the time in the Washington Post and online at WashingtonPost.com. Matt Napolitano, who can be heard each weekday afternoon on Fox News headlines 24-7 on Sirius XM Channel 115. And Matt Ryan, who can see who can be seen each month covering the UFC for combat culture and a big thanks this week to our judge Lee road warrior Lee master debaters is a production of XS studios and KTSA San Antonio learn more about master debaters online at KTSA.com slash master debaters I'm Dennis Foley this has been master debaters the show where the best argument wins San Antonio's home for news and talk. On air, online, and on demand. 550 KTSA and FM 1071.